Welcome to episode 67 of the Average Joe's MMA Show. Jeff Shanahan, David Van Boglen, and Ryan Dempsey back. How's it going, boys? I think we're all half dead. Yeah, no shit. (laughs) (laughs) You'll all have to forgive us if one of us passes out during the episode. We're going to have to shock the other one back up. Yeah, we're... uh, Last last Joe standing here. We are a fucking lively bunch over here today. I heard some Tool (laughs) on the the intro song. Yeah, yeah. That's why I'm dead, because I went and saw Tool last night. What song was that that we heard? We kicked it off with Opiate. I love it. Yeah, such a good song. First song I learned to play in the bass was Schism, which no, is which is not an easy track at all. Oh, that fucking make. Uh, it was the first tool. I started the first tool song I learned to play in bass. Right. Not the very first song I played. Right, 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 right. I should I should make that clear. First tool song. It was, and then it was went on to be the song that I used to warm my hands up to play any song because it's just the way it is. That, yeah. That. Tool uses such incredible pentatonics that it's fucking phenomenal. Fucking Justin Chance you know, is a goddamn man. Oh, uh, he's a he's a maniac. But the the fact when he joined the band before they recorded uh, Enema, and then when they put that album out, like how much of a distance it put between their first two albums was incredible. Yeah. And then you get yeah the combination of Danny Carey, Adam Jones, and and Justin Chancellor was is incredible. And if they would just go fucking instrumental, they would already have ten new albums out by now. No. You know, no. you gotta wait on uh, wait on someone to wait on the vocals. There is this there's this video on YouTube that I watch every so often, and it's um it's the scene from Valkyrie when they tell Hitler in the bunker that uh, the Valkyrie mission failed and shit, but it's redubbed over about Tool <laughs> not putting out a new album. <laughs> 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 it is the funniest goddamn thing ever. Like Hitler's just going ape shit, talking about Tool and how much and how Maynard hates us, but we all still love him and and all this shit. Like it's fucking hilarious. I watch it like once every few months just to make myself laugh at being a Tool fan. I fell in love with them early, but it once it was forty six and two. Once I learned the meaning of the song, mm-hmm. that made me. Uh, made me go back and evaluate all their other songs and, and what it is that not a lot of people realize is that is that the human body the, and the DNA is made up of 44 strands of DNA plus two chromosomes XX or XY to determine whether you're a male or female. The next evolutionary state in the human DNA would be 46 instead of 44 because it's always mm-hmm. done in strands of two. We need 46 and then two to determine whether you're male or female. So 46 and two would possibly make us supermen, superheroes, super, you know, um, give us the kind of abilities that would uh, augment our strength, augment our height. We could be 10 feet tall. We could be, uh, we could be giants. We could be this, we could be that, or it could make us absolutely nothing and, and send us off into oblivion. We just don't know. But when I went That's back, it, cool. it is, it's a, it's a great, great, great song that, you know, we don't know what's going to happen kind of deal. 
And once I once I read into that, I was just so <laughs> floored by the double on the double meanings of, of everything, everything in his song that I went back and I tried to read up on everything that he's ever done and I was just I was floored by how brilliant he is. He's just an absolute fucking genius. Yeah, and an asshole about it. Yeah, fucking prick. But he's really good at jujitsu too. And another yeah, yeah he is. Him and fucking Kat Sangato do goddamn seminars together and shit. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. A few months back, Flow Combat was doing this road trip with uh, Dwayne Finley and um, Hunter. uh, I can't think of Hunter's last name right now. Homicic or something like that. But they went to all these different gyms around the country, and they ended up out in California, and they were talking to Kat and brought up, you know, her connection with with Maynard and stuff like that. So, which I was was unaware of until then, and then... A few weeks later, she was posting. She was doing some seminar with him, and posting videos of like him and her screwing around and stuff. Like I knew that he was into jujitsu and all that stuff. I, yeah, I didn't know that he was doing seminars and that kind of thing. That's yeah. pretty awesome. Yeah, I mean, it's not like something he does a ton of, obviously, but right, yeah, every so often. He's done a lot of stuff outside of Tool as well. Oh yeah, a lot ton. of music. You know, the parody music that he did with uh, that that fucked up uh, Green Jelly Band. Remember that? Yep. Where he did that little pig songs to fuck with everyone and say, "Look, I can do." He said, "You people are so stupid that I can sing a child song and put little puppets out in front of you, and you'll laugh and smile and jump around just because you have something to look at." And he did it, and they laughed and they jumped and they they smiled and they jumped around because he put puppets in front. He's a fucking dick, but he was right again. And, he, and, and the song was huge, and the, he didn't intend to sell fucking tapes and CDs or whatever it was back in the day because it was an old song, but they sold a bunch. A ton of them. Yeah, it, it didn't go anywhere. It was just a one-time thing because it was him just wanting to be a dick and do something dickish, but right. it, was, it was hilarious. Yeah, perfect circle, <laughs> fucking Pussifer, just no new tool. But they were incredible. Uh, fucking two-hour set outside, perfect weather. Awesome light show. Played a really good mix of songs from every album but Undertow. So, uh, 46 and 2, they played somewhere towards the end. Closed the show out with Stink Fist. Played Opiate in the middle. Good shit. Good shit, good time. Fucking sounded incredible. One of the best shows I've ever seen. And I've seen a lot of fucking shows. Yeah. Outstanding. A lot of fucking shows. What's going on with you, Dave? Why why are you dead? I someone forced me to take drugs today. It wasn't me. I didn't do shit this time. <laughs> it wasn't those kind of drugs. This was pharmaceutical grade heroin. Uh fentanyl. Actually, <laughs> it was fentanyl. Uh, today was my injection day, and anyone that's listened to the show every few months I have to have a needle jammed into my neck or in my spine, and this time it was my spine. And I have to have these steroids and other stuff injected into him so that I can walk properly for the next three months. But today, instead of just taking a, a regular needle and giving me a shot like you regular, you know, you would when you go into get a vaccination or whatever else, um, they the the rules changed and my insurance company said you can't just do it like that anymore. You got to give the man an IV. So instead of just shooting the 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 pain med or the sedation meds into my arm fat calling it good, having me wake up five, ten minutes later and walk out of my own power, no problem, going and doing a show. Uh, because they only do this on Thursdays, of course, when we record on Thursdays, because that's how life is for me. 
So instead of me waking up five, ten minutes later and being fine about it, they had to stick an IV into my hand. They had to inject this stuff directly into my veins. And I don't remember anything until they're trying to carry me out into the car. And then they're trying to carry me into my house and throw me into my chair to, to try to sleep it off. And I didn't wake up until Jeff got to my house and I heard my dog barking, and I knew it was showtime. <laughs> I was asleep until he got here. I'm never asleep when he gets here. Even on injection days, I come home, I sleep for half an hour, 45, just to, and I don't have to. I just do it just to get the, just to shake it off, and I'm good to go. I was out until he got here. I could be out right now. It fucked me up bad. That, that stuff they shoot in you for that, those things. Oh, my God, man. Next time I'm going to tell him, just let me smoke some fucking weed beforehand and then shoot me up and I'll be good. God, you, I, don't, I don't know how heroin fucking junkies do this. I don't know how they do it. Me either, man. This stuff is ridiculous. It's fucking, it's fentanyl, right? All right, so just everyone, it's fentanyl. Fentanyl's strong. Look it up. And if, if you're only giving it once or twice, whatever, a year like I am, it's, it's fine. A couple times a year, it's fine. But there's junkies out there doing this every single day. Yeah. And it's a problem. It's a big-time problem because now it's a fraction of the cost of, of heroin when you're when the fucking dealers and stuff are stealing it from from manufacturers and plants, and they're lacing this, this in, inside of heroin and calling it heroin. And it's killing people. And our fucking city, even our small city, is, is seeing huge problems with this, and it's yeah. killing people left <clears throat> and right. It's bad. It's, a, it's, a bad, it's bad, bad, bad news. It's bad news. And, I, and today I got... The first, my first time having it injected into my vein, I got to see why it's such bad news. And I don't know if I got to reevaluate some stuff now that if this is the way it's going to have to be from now on, I don't know if I want to do it anymore. Right. Um, before it was okay when it just when it just dissolved into my fat and my body, and I could process it slowly and get it out of my system over the course of a few days. But putting it into my veins, time to reevaluate some stuff. I don't like this. I don't like the way it felt. I don't like the way I feel now. But, um, so, if, if this can reach anyone, put the fucking needle down. Yes. Please say no to drugs, kids. But say yes to pot. Yes. Because that's not a drug. Yes. <laughs> and if you say no to pot, just send it my way. <laughs> what up, Raphael? We're asking for, Dave's asking for quaaludes, not drugs. I would love <laughs> some fucking quaaludes. Listen, yeah, I still want some quaaludes too, man, but... Listen, I don't have to ask for pot. I got a fucking license. Yeah. I'm fine. I, I have fucking... I'll still ask for some. But I'm still going to say, man, if you want to share some... Come on. Come smoke a joint. Go smoke with the Joes. Right. Come, come to Muskegon. Joint with the Joes. It's a new podcast. It's, it's a new fucking t-shirt. Yeah, I mean... Blue changes wings to go fuck your mother. If you live in another state that's like three hours away up the shoreline and want to find out about what medical fucking Michigan's like, come on up and say hi. You're in Green Bay, take the ferry over. You ain't even got to drive. That's right. Jump on the boat, take it across the fucking water. Don't bring your car because they'll fucking charge your ass out the fucking yeah. wazoo jump for on. it. We'll Just jump on. We'll Muskegon. pick you up. It's fine. <laughs> I live fucking five <laughs> minutes from the ferry launch point. We're good. We're good. No problems. Ryan, tell us a story. About what? I don't know. Funny, yeah. funny hump. <laughs> Give us. Yeah, we we both fucking shared. Now it's your turn. God oh. damn it. Uh, I'm just working like an idiot still. I'm just trying to pick up as many hours as I can and just work myself into a stupor. It's about it right now for me. 
I thought ours were far more fucking inviting and, and more descriptive than his. Well, but I don't like. I'm, not, I'm up early, taking care of the family, then I'm off to work all day, and I'm taking out extra hours, and it's not. I'm, I'm just pretty simple, straightforward. I'm just, I'm just a workaholic. Would you say that you work hard for the money? I, I appear to work hard. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> That's a song, you know, work hard for the money. Yeah, no, I know. I thought, come on. We're Americans, man. I don't know if you can get that kind of that music up there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, listen to the replay. <laughs> oh, yeah. Holy shit. All right. Well, time to talk about some fights? Yeah, let's talk about some fights. We had some good <laughs> fights this weekend. Yeah, we did. UFC 212 from Rio de Janeiro, Brazil, and new. We have an undisputed, well, sort well, of undisputed. Let's just call them it so we don't have to worry about anything again. Just wipe the slate clean and start fresh from here. We can't really do that because we don't do that for DC. I'm, I don't care anymore. Nobody, I'm so tired of all of it. Nobody, <laughs> nobody, nobody considers DC the real champion. But anyway... Max Holloway picks up the KO victory over Jose Aldo in the third round. Max, I had me a little worried in the beginning, man. Aldo was looking good, looking crisp, landing that jab, picking him, picking up, and uh, picking through Max's defense a little bit. But he came out Nick Diaz style in the third and yeah. just walloped on yeah. him. Nick, Nick Diaz form. Yeah, you know, ex- ex- watching the fight with Everett. Everett came over. Um, we were going to go to, to his brother's house, new house out there, but uh, he had to work or something and called in. His, his brother's got this crazy schedule. I forgot to tell you about that. David's schedule's like like five days on, three days off, then four days on, two days off, then two days on, five days off. It's real weird. Crazy fucking schedule. That is really crazy. Yeah, it's, 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 messed, it's a 30-day it's a schedule instead of a seven-day schedule. So they, they, they just, it's really strange. But anyway, he had to go into work or whatever, so... We didn't get to go out there. Everett came here, and we're watching it, and we're watching Max, and he's he, he looks like Nick when he's throwing those, yeah. especially that over that 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 uh, that right when it comes behind the left, that that one yep. two when it comes behind, looks like Nick and Nate when he <laughs> when they're boxing, a lot like him. Yeah, the hand movement. Mm-hmm. I mean, even just the way he was, he was like kind of just making small circles with yep. his hands the way they do. It, it it was effective. It worked. He lumped up Aldo's head early there in the in the second with that. That giant hematoma. I was worried yeah. that was going to explode at some point. Yeah, that's what I said to Everett. I said, yeah, watch that lump on the side of his head. If Max comes a little, little fucking, little Stockton slap on the side and he catches him with that glove and he pops it open, all those in fucking trouble because that thing's going to gush. Yeah, it's going to be a bloody, it was going to be a bloody mess that would have popped. The big shocker was just the, uh, the lack of the leg kicks. Yeah. That was the main thing that I said. Uh, on the show on last week's show was all those got to establish those early and often and, and heavy and, and if he starts those in the first round and gets them going, that's going to slow Max down. And I didn't see him. He, didn't, he just didn't. Yeah, like, well, he threw he threw like one or two. Maybe yeah. One was one, one was checked, and then that was it. Just when he went to the just the striking, and that was it. It was a big big problem <laughs> that night. Was was not going to those. You would have slowed Max down a lot if you, oh, would, yeah. have, if you would have established those as as a, as not only just damaging his legs, but established those as a threat. Yeah, without a doubt, it would have kept Max from closing in that distance a lot more. 
That's sort of strange they didn't throw those. Maybe there was a reason. <laughs> I wonder if it was uh, like how Max came out as orthodox instead of Southpaw. That threw off uh, Josello's game plan at all. And he just like, 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 who knows? Like, I don't know what it was, but because he was like you guys said, like he started off he looked so so good with the with the the, the hand movement and all that stuff. But then once Max kind of got Jose's timing down, that was just about it. Yeah, once the once he figured out the timing without those kicks and stuff, it just it left him open. Max was just pounding on him. And the f- and the combination that he used to uh to floor him in the third, just absolutely beautiful. Just like you know, it's left, right, left, right, right, left, right, left, and then just like Josie just had no answer for it. Now once Max actually started landing there, it there was nothing he could do. I was really surprised he held on for uh, Eldo held on on the ground as long as he did. Yeah, I was actually I was really impressed with uh, the hollow was grappling on the ground too. Yeah, like, able to you know able to, to do whatever he wanted to do to you know to uh, get get uh, get full guard or um, mount rather, and then even when uh, when Jose flipped around, he just you know, he stayed calm. He landed the shots he needed to land just did everything that he had to do uh to finish that fight i thought when he had him when he had his back i thought he was going to sink the choke in and fin- try to finish it yeah. that way i think he was like, his, when he, i think he went smarter by just going with the strikes because he had him he, i think he knew he, where he had him just you, if you land enough shots on a guy who's a little dazed the referee's gonna jump in sooner than later right yeah he definitely did the smart thing obviously but that's what i was thinking he was going to go for right there yeah, but yeah, I agree. I thought that I, I thought he was going to go for it, but I mean, one way or another, he he got the job done. And props to him. Yeah, I I got two questions on this one. I'm going to ask each of you. I'll ask each of you which one first, the other one. Um, Ryan, I'll go with you first. Do you think this fight was stopped too early, too soon? No, no, because I don't. I mean, if he escapes that round, if somehow he's able to work his way out. I mean, I think the fight was going to be over the next round, I think, but I don't think that he was going to be able to stop Holloway from from landing the shots. Like Holloway had him in, in a good position. No, I don't think so either. I don't either. It was uh it, it's gone over across the internet as something that's been argued about whether it was too soon, whether he could have let uh, Big John could have let him hold on for at least a few more strikes or um, let him try to uh, because he's a, it's a championship fight. Let him try to get out of it. There's been there's been talk of that I, going I around. Saw it, and I also saw you know I saw Aldo protesting it. And yeah, he he was trying. He kept saying that he was okay, but he wasn't doing anything to stop to defend himself. Yeah, I didn't think no, it was a bad stoppage at all. I, I there were other fights on this card that I thought had worse stoppages. Yes, uh, than this and. Uh, but I definitely don't think I don't think it was a bad stoppage. Second one, we'll start with Jeff. Is uh, it's also going around? R- Rogan has talked about this. A couple other guys is do the two losses that Aldo has suffered tarnish his record more than the ten years of win have gained him? Yes and no. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it all depends on which fan base's perspective you want to look at it from. Uh, in the majority of probably most people's eyes, yeah. Because that's all they're going to focus on is the last two losses that he's had 
you know, because the Frankie fight really was forgettable. I mean, it just was a straight domination. But I do think most people, in my eyes, no. I, I don't think those two fights define the 10 years before that of the career that Eldo had and what could have been more if you wouldn't have pulled out of so many fights. But, yeah, I think in the common most uh, <clears throat> people's eyes, it's always going to be the, the last, you know, what have you done for me lately? And his two worst performances – you say, Ryan? See, I, I don't. My thing is like just the, using the word tarnish. Like, I don't think that's the, the right word for everyone to be using in this case. Um, I mean, that makes it sound like everything that he's done is almost worthless, or there should be an asterisk. Like, I think tarnishing should be something more like, you know, he uses steroids in a couple fights and gets caught out or something. But I, I mean, I think that his career is what it is. He was dominant for ten years. He had 13 bad seconds and got caught. I and mean, we've seen so many guys get caught and get knocked out. It doesn't do anything to hurt their career or their legacy. And, I mean, this guy, he's had, what, you know, he's 30-odd years old. He's been fighting since he was probably 18. I mean, 12 years of mileage on, on a fighter in high-profile fights, eventually he's going to get old. And we've seen guys get old in a single fight all the time. And, this was his. Like, this is the fight where he walked in, he was looking really good, but then the young upstart who's on fire right now beat the beat the legend. Like, it happens all the time. Like, I don't think using like I don't think it's tarn there's no way you can say it's tarnished. I don't either. Dude ran ran ten years, ran wild over everybody. You know, beat Frankie, beat you know, beat just beat him, who is regarded so highly as the man, and, and he's beaten him two, three, four, five, ten times. Um, um, the two the two losses are going to be remembered so highly because one of them was to Conor McGregor, and Conor McGregor's the most popular fighter in the world. So, right. yes, they're going to remember that most heavily because that's where <clears throat> Conor won his first belt. So, you know, Jose's going to be remembered more so popularly in a loss because it was to Conor. Um, if if this was his first loss, it wouldn't be we wouldn't even be talking about it because it would be it wouldn't be a big deal, it wouldn't be the thing. Um, so does it does it hurt the, the does these two losses hurt him as much as uh, the ten years of wins? Maybe in Americans' eyes, down in Brazil, he's a god still. Yeah. So just um, I guess the kind of fan that looks at it is going to see different things. I don't think it does. Um, I, I still see him as, as the guy that ran rough shot for the for a decade over anybody that came up to him, but still the kind of guy that maybe didn't duck people, but he still pulled out. He had his issues, you know. He had yeah. his issues, but he wasn't he wasn't the greatest of champions. I don't want to put him in a, in that category because of the issues that he had, but he was pretty fucking great. He was he was even his time. Yeah, I mean. He- did a lot of damage to careers, like what he did to Faber. Yeah. Yeah. Faber switched divisions because of him. Right. What, you know, and another thing, like, with, like and I, I do love, I love Joe Rogan, and you guys, like, never knows I'm a huge Connor fan, but Joe Rogan really needs to ease off on Connor as the greatest featherweight of all time. Because he's been throwing that around the last little bit, and it's, you can't call Connor Gregor the greatest featherweight of all time. He's barely been a featherweight dude. He didn't have any title defenses. He can't be a yeah, greatest, can't be the greatest featherweight of all time with no title defenses. 
Well, especially like when he's like beat both the guys that were fighting for the belt Saturday. Yeah, but before that, I mean, you know, Diego Brandao, Dennis Seaver, like those are not names. Where, like, yeah, but you gotta defend the title to be considered and that, the that's best. Yeah. You know, if you're going to be a champ, you got to have at least and defend the. You got to get the belt. You got to defend the belt to even be considered the best. True, but also was the one to beat the great that guy that's hardly regarded yeah. as the greatest featherweight he, of all time. Too. He might. He might be the most memorable featherweight. I'll give him that. In ten years as a champion, that does that. That isn't going to be beaten by what by that's not going to lose its. Uh, it's history by one loss, you know. Just like I asked here a second ago, you know, you can't be the you can't erase ten years of of title defenses with uh, one win and zero defenses. But it kind of did. I mean, what, it's uh, like it's like Kyle said he had posted on Twitter. Close your eyes and think of Jose Aldo's career. If the 13-second loss to Conor McGregor isn't one of the first things that comes to mind, you're a fucking liar. I mean, I'm paraphrasing what Kyle said, but that's pretty much... It sums it up. I mean, it, it's unfortunate, but in in the most public opinion, I, that loss destroyed a lot of Jose Aldo's career. Not saying it's, it's, not saying it's right. I no, yeah, he's but, definitely always be tied to him for that. Just like Mike Tyson is always remembered for biting off Holyfield's ear and searching for his mouthpiece. Like he's gonna be, Tyson still was an absolute beast for so well, long. Yeah, he's remembered for losing to Buster Douglas for Christ's sake. Just because he had that yeah. one loss doesn't erase. You know, a lot of people think I'm, Mike Tyson and Buster Douglas they they're just not gonna erase the years I'm, of dominance. I'm not had. saying it does, but I'm saying in the court of public opinion. It's kind oh, of sure, what yeah. happened. Maybe. No, maybe Kyle's wrong, too. I don't know, man. <laughs> Go on the internet. I, I, Not a lot, man. Happened. A lot of people don't agree yeah. with that. There's a lot of people that do. I'm Again, I'm not saying I'm one of them, but from what I can read on Twitter, going into that fight poses the exact thing that I said. It's what is mostly has been become what has defined Eldo's career. Love it or hate it, it's what happened. No, I don't believe in that. I don't believe in that. I believe in 10 years of dominance. I believe in 10 years undefeated and 10 years I, of champion. I think the hard, the hard part uh, is that like those later weight classes, like how they're not able to sell, and then when Connor comes around, he starts bringing eyes to it. The first time a lot of people would have seen Jose Aldo would have been that fight, so they're hearing the story with this unbeatable monster and he just runs into like this brash, cocky young Irish kid, and just gets caught and finished. That's the another problem that there are so many more people watching that fight than we've been watching well, Jose Aldo before. Yeah, but popularity doesn't mean greatness. It's two different things. It's two different things entirely. Guy could be super popular. It doesn't mean he's he's the greatest. He's the best. Just because a lot of people like him, a lot of people want to see him. That does not equate to the same thing as, as being the greatest in the in the division, the guy that's done the most for the division, the guy that's got the most history, the one that's won the most fights, the one that's most defended the most titles. There's there's that's a the people are are trying to combine two completely different things uh, entirely. 
popularity is one thing, and people watching the person and people tuning in to see this guy or, or whatever it is, that's one thing. But you got another thing entirely when when you look at history. History is what defines greatness. Yeah, exactly. I <clears throat> I, <clears throat> I think that the people that like the true diehard fans will remember, like they're, they're like. He's always going to be tied to Conor McGregor with that knockout. But I think a lot of true hardcore MMA fans will also remember what he did for so long. Whereas I think a lot of new people getting into it won't care to think about, wow, well, he did this for this long or he did that for that long. It's all about like, the fact that he couldn't take a punch. I think that, the, and it's unfortunate that there are people that are out there thinking like that. Who were the three guys to beat him? Do you remember? Because he's what twenty six and three, it was yeah, Con- it was it, Connor Max, Connor Holloway, and then he lost by submission to uh, to a Brazilian. Uh-huh. In uh huh. An old five. Yeah. Luciano Azevedo. I've never even heard of who the fuck that is. Jungle fight two thousand five in Brazil. Was that you say Lyle Alzado, the former Open <laughs> Raider? It's close, Luciano Azevedo. I was looking that up the other day because I wanted to see exactly when when his uh, uh, when his streak started and when it ended, and he had like a dozen wins before it started. And then you know I wanted to see right, the ten yeah. years with of wins going through WEC and uh, Pancrase and um, just the the enormous history that he's had from you know Hominick and Florian and and, and Frankie and Chad and, and everyone that he's beaten. I was looking up all of his stuff, and um, I have no idea who he is, but I wanted to see who the other, the, yeah, never, who, the, who the third person was in that uh, a, in that company. That one, one of the funny things, like you were saying, like three, like his three losses. You ask anybody, like like even on the fight companion that Joe Rogan did on it for that card, everyone was talking about his first loss in his career was to Conor McGregor. Like, no one even knows that he actually had a loss before that fight. Yeah, well, his know. first loss in UFC was, but uh, his first yeah. loss in his career was uh, was in a Brazilian fight called the Jungle Fight 5. Yeah, Jungle Fight still is a thing. It still exists. <clears throat> uh, was it Shevchenko? Shevchenko's sister fights mm-hmm. in Jungle Fight. Antonia. She's like the 115 women's champion or some 125. I don't remember some weight class women's champion in Jungle Fight, though. I think Aldo's going to go away for a little bit, lick his wounds, kind of reevaluate some stuff, and uh, I think they'll, I think they'll let him come back and kind of uh, make his own rules, so to speak, not, not uh, Connor way, Connor wise, right. but they'll, 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 uh, they'll maybe let him fight one more guy and come back for a title shot if he wants it, because of, just because of who he is. Um, maybe two. Who knows if he or if he even wants to do it again? I don't know. I think he's done it, featherweight. I think he's moving. I think up. he's gonna move. I think he's gonna move up. That could be a deal too. That could be something uh, that we look forward to. It'd be nice to see him start off something fresh and go into another division and see what he can do there. Yeah, I think he, I think he's done at forty-five. Yeah, and there's a lot of good matchups for him at at fifty-five that you can kind of like try to like if he's if he wants to keep going you can kind of give him a couple couple like you know high caliber guys a little bit of names kind of get that momentum behind him again see what you can do just make 55 
it just make it deeper, make it excel it to even greater heights is the, the best division in the company. If you put Aldo to get that, in uh, there. I just fight finally. Maybe. Yeah. This is Max's 11th win in a row. Yep. Max is, is such a great kid. I was so happy when he won. I picked against him, but my heart was with him the entire fight. I was so happy when he won. I texted you guys, yes. And I was uh, I was so happy to see him get this belt. He, is, he has earned this belt. He deserves this belt. This kid is phenomenal. I absolutely love everything Max does. I'm so glad that Ryan picked him. Um, my heart was with him the entire time, and I am I'm looking forward to seeing him. Uh, take take control of this division and be the head of it for a while. Yeah, that was my uh, my wake up there. I messaged you guys on Saturday night. Mm. Eight, eight o'clock, I'm going to put Carlo down to bed. And so I wake up, I'm kind of in a froggy state, and I'm like, what the hell? I grab and I see my phone, I'm like, Carlo, I won. I'm like, what time is it? I'm like, 5.30, I'm like, oh my god, like, I slept like... I fucking slept with the whole damn card. <laughs> <laughs> I had no, I'm like, that's eh, okay. We're going to go to bed. Just tell her a story. Wake up. And I'm like, how is the champ? How, how long was I asleep for? What year is but, it? Rip Van yeah, Ryan. It's, it's, like, <laughs> it's like Planet of the Apes. You wake up like, where am I? The 46 and 2 kicked in. It's apes now. Yeah. Everyone's fucking apes. The 46 <laughs> and 2 meant hair. Fuck. Yeah, yeah, we were in superpowers yeah. after all. It was just a lot of right. hair. But yeah, like I messaged you there, Dave, and about, you know, can you get it up there so I can check it out? And said, Dari there. So that was my, my breakfast with the UFC there, and I watched. And I could not believe how great uh, Holloway looked as that fight progressed on and on. And uh, I'm excited to see where he goes from here, because now this is where, you know, this is where it gets, like they always say, it gets tougher once you become the champion. So Oh, yeah. It, it's going to see it, now you're going to start seeing like how he can uh, handle the pressure of being the champion and I mean he we've already seen that he can take the step up in competition and, and beat these guys so now you know you know you're going to have like Swanson too you have Edgar out there you who else you have uh, Lamas is tied up Prince Zombies hurt but I mean like there are guys out there in that division that are worthy title contenders and I'm excited to see where he goes. It's either going to be Frankie or Cub. Frankie's making an argument that he's the, the next <laughs> logical choice. Cub's making the argument that Frankie's 0-4 in title shots. It's time for someone else to get the chance to go up there. He makes a valid point. He makes a very valid point. Except that he's not early 0-4. Oh, was the champion for a while. 0-4 in his last his, four his, title shots. Yeah, in his last four. He's, he's lost his last four. Maybe I said it wrong. No, he said it. Right. Okay. Uh, no, no, like like what Cub Swanson said about being zero and four, but it's not correct. He's lost his he's lost his last four title. I guess opportunities. Opportunities. So it's time for some young. I'd love to see Cub and Max. Give them a rematch. You know that'd be great to see them now as they both matured. Yeah, they fought a while back. You know, it's it's been it's been a while. Uh, that was like a Fox card too, wasn't it? Or was that a pay-per-view card? I think it was a Fox card. But... Back, oh, I guess it wasn't that long ago. I thought it was, it was Machida I, Rockhold. I thought it was longer ago than that. I thought it was 14, actually. So did I. But it was 15. But even still, that it's was been... Fought, Frankie. It was like four, four, uh, four fights ago. So. Yeah, a little over a year. 
But in that time, he's he's learned. You know, so Cubs learned a lot. Then? Two years ago, what? What's that? Was that Swanson's last loss then? Because he's been on. Uh, yeah, he lost. Yeah. He lost to Frankie and Max back to back, and then okay, as one four straight. Right. And he had flight of the year. Yep. And as far as I'm concerned, flight of the year. Me too. Duho Choi. Get some Duho Choi in our life pretty soon. Yes. Fucking Superboy. All right, well, co-main event. It didn't take long for Claudia Gedalia to make short work of Carolina Kovacavitz. Two minutes, 12 seconds into the round. Took her back, subbed her out. That was it. Claudia, the short amount we got to see, looked great on the feet. Fantastic. She used her striking well to set up that takedown. Yeah, it was perfect. And Absolutely perfect. Kovacavich just made a really dumb choice in, in decisions of the way she was trying to get up. And gave her back. Gave her back and gave her opening. She'll bounce back. I think that the, the, the moving camps there uh, definitely benefited her. Yeah, I was surprised that nobody from Jackson was in her corner, though. I didn't see anybody. I didn't, I didn't see, see Greg. I didn't see Mike. Yeah. She just had her Brazilian, so maybe she just had her Brazilian coaches with her yeah, for the last time. Um, I mean, there's not really a lot. This was, it was a, so quick. One of the shortest fights. You know, it was you know half a half a round. Uh, just a couple of strikes, and then uh, Claudia went to work, took her down, spun her around, took her neck, called it a game. Yep. Kovacavitz it. will bounce back. UFC decides to go with the, the trilogy fight now because, I mean, what's really left for Yohan in that division? Rose. Rose, Rose yeah. was supposed to be the next title contender. I think that makes more sense than throwing. I mean, Claudia deserves it, but you can right. give you can give Rose the fight and then let Claudia fight her later. I didn't even want to see Rose and Claudia fight. Do another number one contender fight. I mean, it, I don't know. I they are already. I mean, if Watterson was going to get the the title shot after if she would have beat Rose and Rose beat the shit out of her, I don't see why Rose doesn't deserve the shot. That, I mean, that, I don't. True, yeah, I don't think Rose is going to beat Joanna. I don't. I've no. said that. It's not a fight that I really like for, her, but I think she deserves it. No, this is Joanna's division. If if this was if Claudia had only lost one fight. To Joanna, absolutely give her the give her the title shot right now. But you right. Know, you're zero and two. The first one was close. The second one wasn't at it wasn't very close. Yeah. You can wait. You don't even have to fight. You can wait till after Rose and her fight, and then you get the next shot. Not the, oh, she just fought in April. That's right. Yeah, she just fought in That's April. Right. They haven't. She just fought, she and then Joanna just fought. You know what, last month? Uh-oh. Oh, shit. Here goes Ryan. We lost Ryan. Let's get him back. I don't know what I did there. <clears throat> Stop clicking buttons. <laughs> you fucked it up. <clears throat> you broke it. But like I was saying, I think it doesn't hurt Claudia to wait, hang out a minute. I mean, it's going to be a little bit before Joanna and, and Rose fight, but I think before the end of the summer, they'll probably have that fight booked for sometime late summer, early fall. 
or you know midfall, and then Rose and Claudia or Claudia and Joanna can fight in the beginning of the next part of the next year. Yeah, why not? It. Give it to Rose yeah. first. Yeah, it's it's time for somebody else to get the shot, just like we said with Frankie. Claudia uh, looked fucking awesome. Claudia looked amazing. That's that's really good. It was such a short fight. Not much to say about it. Nope. Uh, Vitor Dadbod picks up the decision win over <laughs> Nate Marquardt. God, this was horrible. Do his titty like his bouncing? Titties. Yeah, his bouncing tits. Like it, <laughs> I listened. I was listening to the fight companion from Loudmouth. Uh, shout out to Kyle and Zach. And that's what Kyle kept talking about was bouncing titty Vitor. Yeah. That's what I were talking here. Like, dude, look at his titties. Holy shit. When he was jumping, he was jumping to get warmed up right before the fight. I was like, dude, his boobs are fucking bouncing. Look at this shit. This is ridiculous. I'm not even going to lie. This fight made me nod out. Like, I started falling asleep yeah. during this fight. I woke back up for the Claudia fight, but I, I kind of nodded out during this and had to rewatch it because it was kind of boring, shitty fight. Yeah. Good for Vitor. Why the fuck do you think you're going to fight five more times? Like, I can't believe he announced that, that. That was amazing. I can't believe that, like... <clears throat> like fuck. Why? What do you like? What, yeah. What, what? What are you gonna like? Unless he's fighting other older guys, he's not gonna get too many more wins. Unless he's on TRT, he's not gonna get any more wins. Like, this is, yeah. he doesn't have a. We don't have a seniors tour. <clears throat> no, he's only got one more fight left on his deal with the UFC, and I don't see them re-signing him. I th- I thought when he when he announced that that. They must have. If he said he's gonna. He had a specific number. I'm gonna fight five more times. That must have meant that they resigned him for five more fights. But I haven't found anything to to say that they've done that. I haven't seen anything. I kind of. I thought that. Oh, sorry. Go on, Jeff. No, no, no. You're fine. Go ahead. No, I was gonna say. I thought that he was talking negotiations, and he was announcing that. Like I'm putting pen to paper. Like it's gonna. Like I thought that that's what that was leading towards. But then everything else that I heard was that it's already been signed, like, like you guys said, but it, it's nowhere to be found. I haven't seen anything about that. I thought it was him putting it out there for the guys in Ryzen. Like, hey, I still got fights left in me. Sign me over there so I can go take TRT and fight. Right, yeah. I hope it's not five more fights in the UFC. Fuck, no, I don't even want one more fight in oh the UFC. They can fucking let him go. I don't want to see this shit anymore. This was no. horrible. It was god-awful. This is what not pay-per-view quality fight. This that was, was the lowest fucking, the lowest point of the whole pay-per-view was that fight. That fight would have been a good third fight on a Fox card if that. This have been a good not-to-ever-happen fight. It wasn't even good enough where it should have been on the prelims. These prelim fights were better. It was just a bad fight, but yeah. good for Vitor. You know, hey, you got to win after you you got the shit beaten out of your last few fights. You guys think that uh, Nate was robbed at all? By the numbers he was. Yeah, by the numbers he was. Because I, 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 I heard a lot of people clamoring that it should have been a Nate win, but because it's Brazil. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. I don't get up in arms about shit in Brazil because... They're, they're Marlon. I think Marlon got robbed the same way, but right, yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I, who cares? It's Brazil. You know, it's going to happen, unfortunately. But do they cut Nate Marquardt now? That's three in a row, I think. 
No, that thing is three out of four. Yeah, okay, three out of four. Sorry, I forget about the Tamden. That's what it was, yeah. Yep. It's five I mean, out of seven. I, yeah, it's not good. Yeah, like, I don't know, it's hard to, what do you, like, I just don't see who else you can give him where he would have an entertaining fight and also have a legitimate chance to win. Like, this isn't Nate from 2005, 2006, and he was just steamrolling everyone. Like, this is, this is, this is a guy that, like we were saying with Jose, he's just showing the wear and tear and the, the years and the mileage. God, so many miles. Yeah, he's been around way too long. The, he's, he's fought 56, 58 fucking times. And a lot of that time was during like the uh, during the, the steroid era. Yeah. He would, where he's taking on guys that are so juiced up that those punches have a lot more uh, pizzazz behind them, you know? Yeah, you fought, I mean, that's just a lot of mileage on those tires. Oofa. Yeah, he's one of those guys that I don't need to see him fight again. Like I'm it, good. Especially after the performance. I mean, he did look Kind of okay, but it was again. I mean, like the caliber of the uh, opposition as well, taking into consideration. But like I said, I just don't. I don't know who I'd want to see him fight next. I think that's the big thing. If you can't think of who you want to see someone fight, then they shouldn't be fighting. Nope, I'm good. Either one of them can go, or both can go. Or I think both go to Ryzen, do their TRT, and they can have a rematch there. Fine. I mean, they could go to the Pro Fighters League and do okay. Go do up wherever you want to go. Get rid of those titties. Yep. Uh, yeah. In the second fight of the main card, Paolo Boracchini, Boracchini got the second round KO over Aloy Bamboje. That was a really exciting fight. Yeah, it was until Aloy blew his nut in the yeah, first round. Bamboje completely. You know, the first four minutes of the first round, or first three minutes three of the first minutes, round. Three minutes, yeah. It was about two minutes left. Uh-huh. The fucking gas tank took a complete shit. He had some unique stuff going on, and he was striking hard as shit. But the Boracinas, where Boracina took over was those body shots when he had all the while against the cage. Yep. And he was throwing yeah. those and, and uncorking those body shots left and right and left. And he, had, he uncorked about six of them, and it took every bit of starch out of Von Boche. Oh, and he was After just, that, game was over. It didn't help that he, he threw everything he threw. He was trying to just completely knock you the fuck out with every punch and kick. Right, yeah. There was no, like, uh, try to wear him down first. It was just, let's get this fight done with. So this fight was, like, I think the first time I've ever seen them stop somebody and make them cut their toenails mm-hmm. before uh, <clears throat> before the fight. And his one toenail was so jagged, it ended up cutting Boracini's face. His nappy, fucking nappy toenails, man. Yeah, man, those things are gross. The ref, and he couldn't even do it himself. Well, that, the ref had to get down there and fucking cut his toenails. Jagged. I, I've seen him do it before, in a couple of fights before, but rarely. I just don't yeah. remember it. Yeah. I've seen it with fingernails. Uh, yeah, fingernails, I've seen it. Yeah. Well, they were, I think, in the podcast uh, a while back. Um, Joe Rogan was talking about. I think it's Mike Winklejohn. It's, it is Mike Winklejohn, and uh, his eye was sliced in yep. training by yeah. nail. Brian, he's like, Oof. Brian Stan actually mentioned he didn't. He wouldn't mention Mike Winklejohn. He just said no. one of my former coaches. Yep, he said right. it in the okay. pod in the on the show. On the show, yeah, right before that's when he was cutting his toenails. He brought that story up, but I was just yelling at my TV like, dude, just say Winklejohn. Everybody knows the fucking story. <laughs> 
sure knows the story at this point. Well, what does it fucking hurt to say Wink's name anyway? That's, uh, yeah. Doesn't. Not, yeah, it's not like it's an embarrassing thing that no one's heard before. It fucking happens. It just goes to prove why you have to do this. Right. I'm sure Wink would be like, thanks for the fucking shout yeah, out, brother. That's why Wink wears fucking safety glasses when he holds pads now. Makes sense. I don't want I don't want fucking nappy toes in my face anymore. Fuck like that. Know. I don't want your fucking stank ass nails and cutting me open. Oh. Good way. Nappy toes and stank. Go in for Boracina. Yeah. Yeah. It was fun. That sucks for, for Bamboje though, man. Now he's one and three. I, yeah. I like him. He's an exciting fighter, but I don't want to see him go yet. Yeah. No, but he needs to fucking. He, he needs, needs to, to learn how to pace himself. Yeah, he needs to learn how to pace himself. Jesus Christ! Don't try to put so much output into the you, first thirty seconds of a fight. You can't headhunt every single shot. Sometimes you got to set it up. No. You got to fucking faint. You got to learn to sucker them in. You got to you got to do stuff that's more than just hundred percent energy on every single swing. And good lord, man! Right. That's you get Vitor's for his final fight is Bamboje. Have those two go for it. Yeah, a loser leave town fight. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, and then you think about it, Vitor wins, and you just get rid of both of them. True. True. We'll see what happens. Uh, opening the main card, Yancy Medeiros picked up the second round KO of Eric Silva. Eric Silva hasn't looked the same since you saw it. He looked flabby. Yep. Flappy, flappy, flappy. And so another, the, the, the Hawaiian kicked off the main card. Beat the brakes off the Brazil, setting up a nice pe- precedent for Max Holloway and, and Eldo. Another, uh, what was was this one? One that was too early or too late? There was one that was too late, but I think that went. This was been... this was uh, too late, I think. There was... Wait, hang on, because we talked about who was it? Eduardo, oh no, it was Johnny Eduardo and Lopez. That's the one, yes, that's the one where he hit him like 30 fucking times. He hit him just so many fucking times, and, and uh, okay. he just, Yamasaki just stood there. Yes. Me and Kyle talked about that one, and and then it was, yeah, it was Silva and Medeiros. This um, one was talked about as being too early too as well. Too early, yeah. It was too early. He let the Eduardo, he let Eduardo take a little too much damage, in my opinion, and he could have, they could have yeah. let the Silva fight go. But it, it's like we said between Kyle and I, you know, it's just a matter of a couple of seconds, and we are, as MMA fans, we're never really happy anyway. It's always either. It was going to be done early. anyhow. But, exactly. You know, yeah, yeah. Whether he called it between, you know, one shot early, two shots early, it doesn't right. matter. He was in the position to win. Yeah. And maybe he probably saved Directo from getting smacked in the face two or three times more. You know, you want to let you want to let it go and get punched in the face three more times. Fine with me. Well, it was done. The fight was over. Yeah, I'm excited to see what what's next for Anthony Madera. So, looked great. He's man. been impressive his last couple of fights. Too bad for Eric Silva. He can't juice no more. I gotta believe it for him too. I I can't. I mean, yeah, they gotta let him go at this point. He's so up and down. He's not the fighter he is, it's, and it's no secret that he's like he's looked different and he's performed different since Usada came in. Like, I think it's just time for him. He's gotta give him his walking papers. Hey, man. I will say, uh, I will say, I loved watching Eric Silva on the juice. He was a steamroller. Oh yeah, for sure. He, he was, was a, cat. oh, he was a scary cat on the fucking juice. Yeah, he Ooh. was dangerous as fuck. When I he was loved watching stuff. him do stuff, going out there and just uncorking and, and wrenching on arms and wrenching on necks and just uncorking some crazy shots. He was a scary, scary dude. Eric Silva was, but 
now he's was, you know he's a puff pot. Yeah, like, there was a lot of talk when he first signed with UFC that <clears throat> he was going to be the guy to take the reign when when George St. Pierre was done. He was going to rule the welterweight division for however long he wanted to. Like there was a lot of hype behind him for the he longest will. time, and he at the beginning of it he definitely showed why he had the hype, but you know. When the drug testing came in, uh, yeah, he was an absolute monster before you saw it. No drugs, no Silva. Yeah, sorry, kid. Yeah, let's move on to the prelims. The main fight of the prelims: uh, Rafael Sunsau picked up the decision win over the debuting Marlon Moraes. I thought the decision itself was kind of a crack of horse shit. Uh, I don't know who that fucking one judge was that gave him 30, a 30-27 my fucking ass, dude. I I said this. I could have been okay with with two twenty nine twenty seven or two twenty nine twenty eights in favor of a sunset. Yeah. Okay. Right. But yeah. there's no fucking way he won three rounds. No way. No way. I thought I had Marlon winning, but it, outside of the thirty twenty seven, I didn't think it was a robbery. I just thought that was a really stupid judgment call. The stupid the stupid judgment call is the UFC. Given this kid, Marlon Moraes, the number three, Rafael Hassanso in his first fight in, I wanted to see him come in, get those jitters off, get to, get a fight in the UFC against a lower-ranked fighter first, maybe right. maybe a, a, a tenth, a fifteenth, twelfth, somewhere in there first, just to, just to get it out of the way, and then go ahead and start attacking the higher-ranked guys. I like to see that happen first just because I don't want to see them come in and get the high-ranked ones right away before they have a chance to get used to that cage and used to those kind of crowds because they're not. Yep. Get that first one out of the way and then go after a guy like a son. So I guarantee Morass would have looked way better if he was if that's the the path that was taken. It's not like he got outclassed and, and he was he was he looked really impressive in the fight. Won the fight. Yeah, he did, yeah. Won the fight in, in most people's opinion. So, I mean, there. If he would have gotten knocked out in the first round, I would have thought it was much more of a, a of a dumb idea. I, I'm with you. I think they should have let him build a little, but I'm not angry at it. He looked really good, and he won. I think he won the fight. Now yeah, he's got like, that one loss. Yeah. Does it hurt that badly though? First coming, this is he's 0-1 off the bat. The guy that they were that they had touted as this, the best signee coming in. As soon as he comes in, they can't. He can't beat the number three guy. What makes him think he's going to get a title shot? They said Eddie Alvarez was going to be this monster, and he went in against Cerrone, and he lost. And he came right back, and he rattled off a couple of wins, and ended up with the strap, though. I mean, Great point, Ryan. We'll see what happens to this guy. But you know, that, I'll, that I'll was say, dumb I'll... to give Eddie him, to give Eddie Cerrone yeah. on his first fight, and that was stupid then. I mean, I'm. Uh, I mean, I'm actually. Jeff, I'm loving that you uh, you turned this, turned me on to this guy. That was like, that was like I said last week. This is like maybe my first time actually seeing him fight live, like uh, whatever. And I like as the fight was going on, I was actually I'm like with you. I was at, I was like, oh my god, I actually, I actually picked this one right. Yeah, Jesus Christ, I actually picked this one. And then I see the result. And right when I heard thirty twenty seven, I was like, oh fuck, that thirty twenty seven was a fucking right joke. Heard, was like, I'm like twenty nine, twenty eight, twenty nine. Okay, maybe maybe I actually somehow randomly pulled this one out of my ass just. Because, and they were going twenty seven. Like, ah, oh, they fucked them over. Yeah, I could have gone twenty nine, twenty eight. Either way, either way across right. that one. But the thirty twenty seven was a joke. But I don't think this doesn't. I don't think it damages Marlins as much as 
I think it was a great. I think it was a smart test. The guy comes in twelve years undefeated as a champion in, in another organization. See what he can do. The by the way, the fight that Eddie Alvarez got after he lost to Cerrone was Gil Melendez, who was one in three at the time. And it's the fight that he should have got coming in to the organization first, and he only won it by split decision. So that's the fight that Gil, that Eddie should have got coming in to the organization before go. he got Cerrone. You got to go with who's open and what's the book, though. I, did I could find a lot of people better booked than Rafael Sunsell for this kid coming in for his first fight. A lot better. You don't give him the number three dude. You don't. I mean, the dude, it's, again, it's not like the guy underperformed. If he went in there and got knocked out clean in the first round, okay, right. that's yeah. one thing. But he, he, don't he run lost, that risk. He lost a, a tight decision. It, Still lost. Whatever. I mean, we're going to have this argument again in a couple of weeks when, uh, when Gaethje takes on Johnson. Which is stupid then. And when like he loses that, and he comes in and is an 0-1 and loses to a guy because they're not giving him the proper build. And then what it's if the he, same thing. okay? And then what if Gagey well, knocks out Justin? Hate. What and if then, he what if yeah, he knocks well. out Michael Johnson? Then what? Then what are we going to say? Oh well, that was a great idea putting him in there. It's it's I'm all not. hindsight. Okay, it's it's all hindsight though. Like guys have come into the UFC on their first fight from any organization, and they've taken losses against like even like bad competition. And never been able to rebound. Some guys take a, take their first fight against good competition. They get a loss, and they just jump right back into it because now they're like, "I hung in there with the number three guy. I know what I got to do now. Let's go out there and get this ball rolling." Like Kevin Lee, when Kevin Lee's first fight was out like Quinta, and then after that he had like four or five wins in a row. Yeah. Well, it's not only hindsight when you say it to begin with before the thing even goes on. I mean, I said this from the start. Don't do this to this kid. Give this kid something to build on. And I say it to all the young guys coming in. I said it to Gage. As soon as they announced that, don't give him this dude coming in. <laughs> give him something to build on. If you want a future with these guys, give him something to build on. Don't throw him to the wolves right away. Giving him tomato cans isn't always a great thing either. You gotta, you gotta I didn't say some... tomato cans. I said 10, 15. Gotta... That's not a tomato can. That's when, a good fight. You got a former champ on a 12 fight win or 12 year undefeated streak. You got to throw him in somewhere. People weren't booked. And now he loses. Okay. He, again, he right off the bat. Bullshit ass decision. It's not like he got knocked out. Now if he's he a loser. If he got knocked out, okay, that's one thing. But. You just hired a loser. Okay. You can't you can't beat your, your number three dude. Okay. Why would you bring yeah, in this, okay, well, this undefeated dude that can't beat your number three guy? Little Brock Lesnar when he went in, right? Oh, thank you. He lost to Frank Mir, and then he take, took out Herring, took out Couture, took out Carwin, took out Mir again. Oh, dude, this is for, f- how many years ago? Put up. This is a long time ago. We're talking about now. I mean, come on. But, but there, this but it's a way different situation. These are these divisions are way stacked with a bunch much better guys. And a lot more guys that you could do something with. Make the best fights that are out there. This is not the best fight that was out there. Not even close. Oh and that's why he, and that's why he's a loser now. Okay, let's move the fuck on because this is fucking <laughs> asinine. I know because you guys are wrong and I'm right. Whatever. Antonio I'm Carlos Jr. picks up the, the conversation. Dis- right. The submission win over Eric Spicely in the second round. Choked him out. Spicely tried to fight. Put on a pretty good jujitsu defense against the uh, highly toted black belt, but in the end, it didn't really matter. Somebody else no, can jump in at any yeah. time. 
No, I was gonna say like uh, it was a, a really impressive performance by uh, by Carlos Jr. I was Eric Spicely. I'm not too well versed on. Um, I know I think it's only his second loss in the UFC though. But... Yeah, he lost uh, LV. Yeah, that's right. That's right. He um, lost LV in his yeah. debut. Then he beat uh, Tiago Santos and uh, Alessio DeSerchio, and both by submission in the first round. Okay. He's either, uh, he's either won or lost by submission on everything that he's done. Yeah. Yeah, he, I mean, it was what it was. You know, not too much. I don't I don't really too, too much to say about that one. I, I, said, I think I, I was impressed by, uh, by Carlos Jr. It's his fourth in a row? Third in a row? Yeah, third in a row, only losing to Dan Kelly and then the, uh, Kevin Casey, uh, no contest. I don't see a lot with him. There isn't much. I mean, Shoeface is just a really good jujitsu fighter. A, he is a jujitsu fighter, but he's not. He's got heavy hands, but I don't really see it. Um, they may be heavy, but they're not. I mean, they're not quick. They're not skilled. They're not. Fast like a boxer. He may have strength in them, though. That's that's kind of what I see. Um, he was outstruck by Spicely, though, even then. It was the takedowns and submission attempts. He's a jiu-jitsu guy. Yeah. And he did a good so, job. He, he, wants. Fucking, he wants to get you down and get your back and choke you out. But they, they, these two were stuck in a leg. In the, that, yeah, uh, they were in the 50-50 for a uh, while. For the, almost the, probably two-thirds of the first round. Yeah. And then they went right back to it in the second for the first part. But then... Uh, Carlos Jr. made a better game plan when he went to that 50-50 in the second round and just overtook him and ended up taking him uh, uh, with a much better game plan. Spicely, went to, Spicely actually um, forced in the 50-50, not Carlos <clears throat> Jr. in that second round. And he brought him down into it. But Carlos Jr. said, okay, this is what you want to do, and ended up taking the, the submission from from him. And once he gets your back, you're... You're, You're done. done. You're that's, done. That's scary, Tony. You're done. He's too strong, too good. Uh, I don't have anything else on this fight. Yeah, it was all right, but I mean, yeah. I, I was. I'm glad this fight happened in Brazil because if we would have got a jujitsu display like that in Las Vegas or California, it would have been fucking booze. Oh yeah. In the in the arena, yeah. that would have shattered the 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 fucking rafters. Have been booze from the the. The first minute into the, that first round, but because we're in Brazil, they were, you know, they were clapping, they were, they were quietly respecting the fight, they were, uh, uh, they were really appreciative of the jujitsu that was going on with these guys. Americans yeah, would not have stood for that. No, it's oh, refreshing no. when you have those, when you hear like those uh, certain audiences that actually understand this, uh, the beauty uh, of not just having to stand and smash each other in the head <clears throat> until one falls down. Yeah, it was great to great to see that uh, kind of display in Brazil. This is the one that went. Yeah, this is the one that too far. Yeah, Johnny Eduardo and Matthew Lopez picks up the KO win in the first round over Johnny Eduardo. Eduardo had gotten Lopez trying for a knee bar. Uh, Lopez. Oh yes, that's right. Lopez fought it off, ended up getting into position where he could pass through and get into a where he could land hammer fists. And just knocked Eduardo out, and Yamasaki just kind of let it go. 
Stood there. When I was sitting there with Everett, I counted 15 unanswered, clean shots. Yeah. Before Yamasaki called it. Fuckload of 15. There may have been more because I counted them on a replay. But 15 straight-up unanswered strikes where uh, it almost looked like Eduardo started tapping from strikes. We couldn't tell because of the angle. Yeah. But it looked like on his... Right hand on his down and his hand that was down when he started tapping from the strikes. I had I had said something when I was doing the the breakdown on Loudmouth that you could tell how relieved he was when they finally waved it off. Like he just laid back on the mat and just like thank you for saving my life. Lopez looked good. Wrestling was tough. Boxing looked all right. Good finish. Mario. Get your shit together, boy. Right. That was he took he, too much damage. He does this way too often. It's becoming a habit with him. Yeah. He's becoming the new Steve Mazzagatti. Lopez came you out. Know what's going ha- oh, to happen next is that you're going to see him. Now he's going to have all these things with these late stoppages. You're going to see a guy take a shot, kind of go down a little bit, and he's going to jump in and stop the fight too soon next. He's going to be too yep. scared to let it go because he's taking yeah, all he's this fucking heat. On the side of caution. Yeah, <laughs> he's, he's going to end up screwing up in another way now. Right. Lopez came out to uh, Red Riders Lunatic Fringe, so the wrestler and me, uh, it automatically was rooting for him. Because if you've never seen Vision Quest, fuck you. I don't have that. I know. I we tried. I think you tried I to think find it. I did find that. You I tried to find try it because it was one of my requests. Yeah, that's right. I did try to find that. I have it on DVD. Yeah, let's just, this will be the last one we can go over. Yeah. Uh, the debuting Brian Kelleher picks up the submission win over Erie Alcantara. Oh. This kid looked awesome. Nasty guillotine. Yeah. yeah. I'm glad this guy came in backing his shit up because he has been just I, – I started following <laughs> him a while ago before he got on the UFC, and he has just been trolling on everything, begging for every fucking fight possible and talking shit, and I'm glad he backed it up. So I was really surprised he didn't get stabbed trying to leave the arena. <laughs> well, he was, uh, when they're chanting to him, you're going to die, you're going to die – Chance it right back at them. Yeah, and then tells and them to shush. That, yeah, and then, yeah, like, that was. Fuck. I was, so, I was, like, I was like, dude, he's gonna I die. Thinking, I was thinking like Matt Brown and Damian Maya there when Matt Brown was calling all the Brazilians when he was after he lost, he was walking through and they were like grabbing him and punching him. I thought the same thing was gonna happen here. Brazil does not fuck around, guys. Brazil don't give a fuck. You no. know, look at look at the murder rate in the world. Look at Brazil. They are yeah, up. Was, they are up there. Yeah, as I was about to say, you, guys, you almost want to expect uh, to see in the papers and Brian uh, Brian Kelleher not accounted for still after that fight. Yeah, I, I said I, I hope he had security walking him out because he was oh, probably going to get stabbed. Man. You, you took out the hometown guy and then you talk a bunch of shit. Good on you. I mean, we'll see. He's trying to land himself on that July card in the, what is it, the Nassau Coliseum or whatever. Yeah. He got that, he got that guillotine in and... It didn't look like it was much from the angle that we got it at first, because just the way it was, it just looked he went just fell right into it, and it looked like it was a, a, an early tap. But when they when they gave you the second angle, where his bicep was and where he pushed him into yeah. that, oh, he was, was he was done, man. He was out. He had to tell the ref he was tapping. He's like, dude, he's tapping. He's fucking tapping. What are you gonna do here? You gonna let the kid die or what? <laughs> That would have been fucking something, eh? Yeah, it was a good fight to kick off the main card. I loved it. Yeah. Uh, Overall thoughts on the card? Overall, B+. Great card. Great solid card. Um, 
I could have done without Belfort and Marquardt. That probably would have boosted up the uh, the rank a little bit. Um, um, the uh, abysmal refing in a couple of the fights, or uh, not refing, but judging in the Asuncao fight. What the fuck happened there? Uh, a couple of the fights didn't do I, some things that could have been better. Definitely, I would have given it probably an A minus, but uh, B plus uh, overall. Gadelia. I love the girl so much, and I'm glad she got what she got. The only girl in the division that I ever thought could beat Joanna is Gadelia. Proven that she can't, but I still think that there's something in this girl that if she's given maybe five shots against Joanna, she might get one. Yeah. She might get one. Might get one. Um, and to to Holloway, to Max Holloway, to, to the era of the blessed, good on you, kid. You've earned it. You deserve this. Run with it. I give it an overall a, a B, B plus. Uh, a lot of good fights overall. I, I, the Jamie Moyle Vivian Pereira fight was a lot of fun. Pereira looked really good, really, really good. Holy shit, her boxing was fucking crazy. Um, some nice submissions, some good knockouts, some shitty judging. Yeah, good Brazil card. Ryan, <clears throat> yeah, uh, BB plus. Uh, pretty much echoing your guys' sentiments about everything. Where it was good, it was great. Where it was bad, it was pretty rough but uh for the most part i was uh, extremely happy with the uh with the way that the co-main and the main event went uh i was really impressed by morais uh I, I i uh yeah i think it was a pretty solid card uh especially in the in how pay-per-views have kind of been this year this one was a this one was a really uh breath of fresh air that we've had it was no 208, I'm telling you that. Oh, God, nothing will ever be 208. <laughs> nothing will ever be as awesome as 208. Uh, so, hey, before we go into the preview of the next card, what's going on with the 45 title? The women's 45 title, what's going on with that? There is nothing. There's going to be a fight <laughs> in July. Is there, but we don't know who with, right? Uh, it's looking it's looking more and more like it's going to be Cyborg and Megan Anderson. Even though Anderson had just had a fight announced and evicted a defender title, uh, they offered it to Cat, but Cat's not ready physically. She's dealing with some injuries still. They said Cyborg is fighting. The only logical fight that makes sense is Megan Anderson. So Jermaine doesn't want to fight her. Jermaine will not fight her. She's like, no, she does drugs or whatever she yeah. said. And she's going but, back to 35. So yeah, like going back to that 208. <laughs> I mean, and I, everyone's talked about it like a thousand times over, but it is still one of my favorite things when they when she's being interviewed. How do you feel? Oh, I'm that champ. This is the best. Off anybody you want, I'll take them. Oh, you know the love of the cyborg. Well, I, I think I broke my hand, so I'm gonna have to have the finger <laughs> yeah. off. Like, that, that right, that there, you could see where this division was heading to. Yeah, yeah, fucking break. She's just gonna hand the belt back now. It's like I'm not gonna fight cyborg, so here you go. You can have this back. It's, it's hers anyway. They just need to take it. Yeah, they just take it from her. It's cyborgs anyway, so here you go, guys. Yeah. All right. So we got some more fights coming up this weekend uh, from New Zealand. The Black Beast taking on Mark Oof. Hunt in your main event. Yeah, some heavy hitters. I one's not, uh, Someone's going to be waking up later in the day. Yeah. I... Beast's got to get it to the ground. If Beast takes down Hunt... He can ground and pound him out. I don't like Beast's chances trying to go toe-to-toe, fist-to-fist with him. Uh, even with the 7-inch reach, 
it's just right. those cement blocks for hands. But I think if Beast can do a good enough job with with uh, getting him to the ground off the cage and stuff, I, I think he'll pound him out. It's just that his ground and pound is too nasty. He starts landing hammer fist. Mark Hunt's going to go to sleep. Mark but, Hunt is... I don't know if he's... He may be focused on something else right now with all this lawsuit and other crap that he's got going on. Who knows if his his last couple of fights, he said he didn't even want to be in those fights. He was bullied to be right. to be in the fights. So I don't know if he's going to be in that same mindset against Beast. He's like, I don't even want to be here. They're making me do this fight. Well, yeah, the UFC's fucking trying to just give him shit fights to make his contract go. Yeah, they're they running him out. They want him to get possible. the shit beaten out of so, him. So I don't know if even if he's... If he's trained properly if he wants to be here if he's just coming in to get it over with who knows what mark hunt we're gonna see because of all this extra stuff going around behind the scenes at least this would be a fight he doesn't have to worry about somebody being on steroids because there ain't no way beast is fucking that is not a steroid taker i mean (laughs) although although look at ben fucking rothwell yeah and he may not be a steroid taker, but there could be some diuretics in there. I mean, oh. I don't know. We didn't think Rothwell, based on his body, was probably on steroids, but he keeps popping fucking dirty. Keep popping for something. Oh. Yeah, I, uh, yeah, I, like you, Jeff. I think that uh, if this thing stays standing, I think it could be a, a rough night for, for the Black Beast. I think he does have to somehow get him down or. Or, you know, at least get him against the cage to do any kind of work that you can do because you don't want to stand in bam. I mean, this is a this is a guy who had a walkaway knockout of of Ronaldo for Christ's sake, right? Like, this is a, like Mark Hunt's a whole another beast uh, when it comes to knockout power. Uh, yeah, like, I just I have a really bad feeling for the Black Beast in this one, though. You're leaning with Hunt. Yeah, I I mean. I probably would have taken the Black Beast if it wasn't in New Zealand. I think if whenever a fight, if Mark Hunt's on a New Zealand Australia card, I just I can't go against him on that because there's just so much more energy to the audience, to the crowd, and uh, I just think that uh, I just I'm leaning towards Mark Hunt, but I wouldn't be surprised if uh, if Black Beast gets the the job done. I got Beast. I think he's gonna. Well, like I said, I think he's going to figure it out, take him down, and ground and pound him out. If he can get him to the ground, he can control him. Mark yeah. doesn't. Mark don't like it down there too much. He's a turtle on his back, and uh, uh, Derek is going to is going to do that. I think he's going to attack that on purpose because he's uh, the the jig is up on Mark Hunt. Take him down, and he's he's done for. Yep. So as, right, as soon yeah. as that happens, and I think Beast is going to go after that. Uh, the height. The reach, the youth, the strength. I think maybe not. Well, maybe even the strength is in Lewis's favor. I think uh, Derek has this uh, on so many levels, other than walk-off knockout power. I think Mark Hunt still yeah still has that edge, uh, but Beast has enough of that in his own right enough uh, power in those hands itself. I give this one to Beast for a lot of reasons, and of those I listed on top of that, he's he's the he's the young guy coming up and Mark Hunt with the other with so much other stuff going on who knows if his head's in it 100%. Give it to Beast. Yeah, I think as long as he doesn't just try to stand and fucking trade with Mark, he'll be fine. 
Uh, the other thing too, like with that uh, with Beast, is that this wind can definitely propel him to now where you're talking contenderships. Definitely, uh, I, 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 he's still got a little line ahead of him, but it, it gets him into a spot where we may end up getting that eliminator between him and Ngano at some point. Gets us closer. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Paul Kelly's last I fight. I couldn't remember who it was. Who, who it was? Yeah, when he beat up Unrashad. Uh, the co-main event of this is going to be Derek Brunson taking on Australia's own Dan Kelly. Uh, I think Kelly's going to take this one, too. Kelly's probably one of the most underrated fighters in this division. Even at 13-1, to 1, the dude is not pretty, doesn't look like a fighter, but just wins Same. all the fucking yeah, time. Judo Dan, man. Evans fight. Yep. Yeah, that's one I was just looking at. I couldn't remember who it was. This last one, I knew it was one where he was way the underdog in a lot of people's eyes. Yeah. And he just he just wins. That's all he does is win. He figures it out. He gets it done any way that he has to. Yeah, I don't know. What's Brunson? And Brunson's, Brunson's really want to try and get those like the the sour taste of the Whitaker knockout. The, yeah, that's what I was trying. Okay, yeah, he is Silva, like all that stuff that he's got going on the last couple uh, couple fights. Like he's definitely want to get himself back in that in that good light, you know, in the positive mood and get get going again. Yeah, well, he doesn't want to drop a third in a row either. That's a really bad look. Yeah, really bad look. But I think it's going to end up being his third in a row. I think Dan Kelly pulls this one off. I don't know how he does it. I don't know how Dan Kelly keeps winning. And I don't know why, but Dan Kelly does. And all he does is know how to win. Um, he's given up seven inches in this one. Seven inches of reach. Who knows if he's fought anything like that before. But it just seems like every time someone says... Oh, he's fighting Rashad Evans. I don't know if he's fought anyone that struck this fast and this hard or this before. I don't know if he's fought. He's, oh, he's fighting this guy. I don't know if he's ever fought anyone like this before. And every time someone says that, what happens? Dan Kelly gets his hand raised. I can't. I until he loses, I can't. I can't pick against him. I can't. No, not with the the streak he's been on. That's he's un, he's just he's just a winner. He's not he's not flashy. He doesn't flaunt it. He does he, he doesn't look it. He just wins. And until he doesn't win anymore, Dan Kelly's my dude. And the the problem that Dan Kelly has with that <clears throat> is he's like that's the kind of guy that once one guy figures him out, everybody knows the game plan. You see a guy just like have like a really good streak going, just take a huge fall. Well, we'll see what happens to them. I don't see him losing this week. I'm, I I got I got Kelly winning probably just go to decision. Just do like 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 you said, Dave just does what he has to do. Mm-hmm. And just it just grinds it out any which way, and just takes the fight. I think it'll be the exact same way. He'll figure out, he'll figure out the reach. He'll figure everything out and just hold hold him against the cage, on some shots, take him down, on some shots. Like you said, not not entertaining, but but effective. What he's gonna win it. You know, he's not gonna do what's 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 flashy and popular. He's gonna do what he has to do to win. And so there's a seven inch reach advantage. All right, so I won't fight at range. I'll fight inside. Takes that right. red reach advantage completely away. Uh, the third fight in, or third fight from the main card, uh, 
Dan the Hangman Hooker taking on Ross Pearson. Oh, man. I don't like where Ross is gone, man. It's so no. hard to, to pick him. He's fucking fallen so hard. It's, and so quickly. It's so like, quickly. Like Things have just gone downhill for Ross. And it wasn't that long ago that he had that, that fight with Sanchez when he should have won. But being it was in Albuquerque, Sanchez got the controversial win. And then Dana White says, oh, we're going to treat, you know, treat Pearson as the winner. We're going to move forward and act like that. And once that happened, that was when all of a sudden like the wheels kind of started falling off everything. Yeah, win-loss, win-loss, loss, loss, loss. Ugh. I mean, it's not like Dan Hooker's been a world beater. Uh, he lost a unanimous decision in his last fight against Jason Knight back in November. Had a win over Mark Adiva. Uh, lost to Yari Rodriguez in 2015. Um, just, no, nothing, nothing that memorable. This is a coin flip fight. Mm-hmm. Pretty good losses, to, like Yair yeah. and and Knight. Like, like the kind of shows like what it like the caliber of the guy that's going to be to beat him. But not does Pearson have it in him at this stage of his career? Right. That's that's the that's my question. I don't know, and I I can't really pick one here. It's a it's a coin flip fight. For me, when it comes down to that, I'll start looking at attributes. Uh, six inches of reach, four inches of height. Um, Several years of youth, um, things like that are going to have to determine right. it. So, uh, just by that, when it comes to a coin flip, I'll take the one with those advantages. So, I'll take Dan Hooker. Yeah, I'd begrudgingly do the same thing. I just don't. I I just don't see Pearson having it in him anymore at this stage. I if he proves me wrong, obviously like, I will be beyond happy. But I mean, at this point, I would almost want him to lose. Get the walking papers and go get cash paid somewhere else. Probably what's going to happen. But if he wins, we start this fun train all over again. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Timmy Elliott will be taking on Ben Wen. Um, a short notice. Anybody remember who was supposed to fight Ben Wen and then. Uh, or Yen, or however you pronounce it. And Timmy. Yeah, it was... Oh, got it. I can't think Just of... recently, right? Yeah, it was... It was. Uh, this is only... He's only jumping in on a couple uh, of weeks. Joey, Joey Benavidez. That's Benavidez. right. That, thank you, thank you. Joey Benavidez blew his knee out. That's right. And so Timmy Elliott's stepping in on short notice. Um, Even on short notice, I think Tim Elliott's going to win this fight. I love Tim Elliott. I do too. Huge Tim Elliott fan. I love yeah, this kid. Yeah. I can see him getting the submission. Or at least trying. Yeah, I think I think uh like ever since coming back through the uh through the ultimate fighter and, and taking on Johnson, like that he's I mean, he was never a, a a bad fighter. He was just like he just was missing that thing to him that he seems to have found and I think he'll be fine. I think Elliot picks up the win. I'm not sure how he does it, but I, I think he does it. I love Elliot. I'm taking Elliot in this one. I think he's a great, great, great fighter and a lot of fun to watch. 
I love watching Tim Elliott fight. It's always exciting. And then uh, the opening fight will be of the main card, uh, Alexander Volkansk. Fucking Russian. Who's actually not a Russian. Goddamn Australian. Volkanovsky. Thank you. Taking on Mizutu Hirota. Goddamn. Somebody needs to get USADA on Hirota. It's fucking ripped to shit. Jesus Christ. He's been eating that uh, Frank Mir kangaroo meat. Right. Maybe the picture was taken with USADA's before USADA, and they just slapped it up there. Who's Volkanovsky fought? Let's find out. I do not feel familiar with him at all. Uh, his only fight I see is uh, Kasoya. Kasoya, back in November. Yeah. Is that the last time they were in Australia? For, yeah. Yep. That was Whitaker Brunson. <laughs> <laughs> so oh, that's kind of where he fights from now on. He only fights Asians in <laughs> fucking <laughs> Australia and New Zealand. Uh, Hirota coming off the win of Cole Miller. And that was that fight Cole Miller just did not give a fuck about yeah that was when he put up that video right yeah mm-hmm. when he had been in camp for like 12 or 16 straight weeks or some shit because they were supposed to fight in was that singapore not singapore um oh uh Seoul? philippines or thailand the, or yeah philippines i think oh, or something okay. somewhere where that whole drug thing went down they were like yep we're not going there so uh yeah. Volkanovski only fights in Australia, so... Yeah, yeah, I mean... I'm going to take Volkanovski because we're fighting in New Zealand, Australia well, area, so... Might as well take the, the fucking... The dude that only here. fights in that area, fuck it, take him. Yeah, take, when, you, when you don't know who to take and one guy's uh, fighting at home or near home, go with that guy, I'll take Volkanovski. He, he only fights Asians in that area and he wins, so... What the hell? Yeah. That's a specialty. Um, there's, I don't know, I mean, we can just Not a lot of stuff on the prelims. Nah, I mean, we can just touch on Damian Brown takes on Vin, Vic, Vink Penchel, uh, Dominique Steele and Luke Jemu, uh, John Moraga and Askren Mokotarian. Yeah. Uh, Zach Otto and, uh, Kaliki Kimonoto. And then, yeah, J.J. Aldrich and Chan Mi Jeon. And that's right, the Maestro is will be opening up the early prelims starting at seven o'clock on Fight Pass, taking on Thibault Gautier. So many fights in this card that we actually skipped them on the main event or on the main card. Yeah, we did. We skipped Daliba. Yeah, I just, I just like going through. The oh Jesus! Like, oh, we actually skipped one. Kutaliba, Kutaliba, and Henrique de Silva. I was okay yeah. with skipping it. That's fine with me. Oh, no, I, I, I didn't um, realize it was a six-fight uh, uh, six card. Yeah. Um, oh, he's the Hulk. I love the Hulk. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a Hulk fan. Fuck it, I'll take the there dude that go. calls himself the Hulk. The Hulk against the Frankenstein. Two fucking monsters. <laughs> Decent card, I guess. We'll see what happens. This is going to be fun. It's a lot of Australian yeah. fighters. Out of that New Zealand, Australia. I don't know. It should be fun. I'm I really. Beast and Lewis is enough for me for this card. 
Yeah. Yep, I'm glad to get that one. And Brunson Kelly, I'm okay with that. And Tim Elliott. And, yeah, big ups to yeah, Tim Elliott. Jump it on. Oh, excuse me. Filling in for Joseph Benavidez. That's fucking great. Those three fights there do it for me. For an FS1 card, I'm okay with this. Yep, free shit. Yep, definitely. What else you got to do on a Saturday night? We're going to be doing it fucking... We're doing it here. We'll be doing it. Fight night. Ryan might actually join us. As long as I don't fall asleep, put my daughter to bed, I will be live. Well, not live when you listen to it, but live and in person. Well, not in person. You're... I'll be with the jokes. For one. Jesus Christ. Figure it out, Ryan. Yay. <laughs> For fuck's sake. Ryan will be here. <laughs> uh, even though he's a 10 to 1 underdog of falling asleep. Yeah. yeah. yeah definitely. <laughs> he may wake oh, up right. in time for the main event. Yeah. So we'll do some, we'll do a fight night. I think this is our fifth one now. Some yeah, shit. Something like that. Hooray. We haven't done a fight night in a while, so. Maybe we'll try fun. to call in some other people. I was thinking that. about that. Yeah, I, I, was, I was already thinking about that. Got a couple. We, they call us sometimes. We can call them this time. Yeah. See what they're doing for, a, maybe, for one of the fights. Maybe we'll get drunk Blake. Like Kyle got drunk Blake. Holy shit, that was just. You want something fucking hilarious. Just go and <laughs> even just go listen to the last 10 minutes of the Loudmouth Fight Companion. You can skip the beginning where I'm at. It was whatever. Kyle just left us and. Me and Zach had a fun conversation about the card, but they called Drunk Blake. And Drunk Blake, Kyle, and fucking Zach started talking about Creed and Nickelback, and it turned into a Creed and Nickelback sing-along. Oh, dear Christ. Good yeah. God. Yup. Uh, all, all I got to say to Kyle, Blake, and Zach is, hold me now. I'm six feet from the edge, and I'm thinking... And that's that's all that needs to be said about that. Oh Christ! <laughs> uh, it was funny <laughs> as fuck. I mean, they played "Would You Rather" with like all the other fighters, um, and they asked one of them. I can't remember who it was. Would you rather fuck a goat and have <clears throat> nobody know about it, or not fuck a goat, but everybody thinks you fucked a goat? I'd, I'd rather not. Yeah, me too. I'd yeah. rather not do it. Everyone can think whatever the fuck they exactly. want to think about me. I couldn't care exactly, less. Exactly, yeah. They could think I fucked every goat in the planet. I couldn't give a fuck less and not do it. Interesting <laughs> Interesting answers, though, were, were had. Um, people were drinking. I'm not going <laughs> to. Just go ahead and listen to it. I, no, this is that's a preview, not a spoiler. Yeah, so you have to is, listen to it to get the answers. This is me trying to pump up. Go listen to the Loudmouth Fight Companion. But that is my reply for the Loudmouth Companion. I would rather not fuck the goat and have the world think I fucked every goat and just not do it. That's right. That's right. I don't give a fuck what the world thinks. I know what I did and didn't. I fucked some chicks that look like goats. Oh, God. But on, <laughs> and on that note. <laughs> oh, let's. Uh, I got one piece. Yeah, I was one say, piece let's of business. Let's get in there one piece of business, and and this is this is a fiasco. Yeah, the the TJ Dillashaw, Demetrius Johnson, fucking yeah. fiasco. The TJ DJ Dana White UFC, uh, the the whole fiasco is a it's just a, it's a big clusterfuck, and there's the problem is is that there's merit on both sides, um. And they have to, one of them has to give in a little bit so that the other gives in a little and they can get this thing worked out. It can't just be both of them refusing to do business with each other. That's the problem. 
one just flat out refuses to do business. The other one flat out refuses to do any other business, right? So Dana White wants TJ Dillashaw to come down and face D- and face DJ for uh, Demetrius Johnson for the for the title. Uh, DJ absolutely does not want to fight him because of whatever reasons he doesn't fought before down here. He, other people have earned it. Uh, so DJ refuses to to do business here. Dana, the UFC refuses to do business with anyone else but TJ. They got to find a way to do business with each other. They, one of them has to give in. I'll call a spade a spade. I think Demetrius doesn't want this fight because he doesn't want to lose. I don't think. I think this is the biggest threat to that losing or that winning streak he's got. He's one step away. He would rather fight Ray Borg, which no disrespect to Ray Borg at all, but Ray Borg is like the sixth ranked fighter in the goddamn division. <clears throat> How much? Well, and TJ's not even ranked in that division. No, but he's a former champion of a different. I'm sorry, right. Ray Borg yeah. got right. he's, he's three. three. And he, but he's beaten Benavidez twice, and he's beaten Cejudo. Like he's beaten beaten Wilson. He's beaten Formiga. Yeah. Uh, he wanted actually Demetrius wanted Sergio Pettis. He said Sergio Pettis would have been the better, mar- the more marketable fight in the U.S. Not a pay per view. Um, he weren't talking about pay-per-view at this point. That would have been if he would have taken on Dillashaw. Was... No, this is before points in a pay-per-view were even talked about. He was talking about he wanted, for for that record, he wanted Sergio, and he said it would have been a more, more marketable fight than the fight with Borg. Borg was has papers that say he was given the next fight, uh, the next title fight. He has some kind of proof or whatever that says that he was guaranteed <laughs> the next fight against uh, Demetrius Johnson. So Demetrius said that either Borg or Sergio has earned that shot before TJ has in this division. TJ is not a champion in any division. It's not like a champion moving divisions or whatever like Connor did. There's a lot of merit on two sides of this, but the fucking problem is, is these two guys, you're talking about two millionaires being hard-headed not wanting to do business with each other. Demetrius has to just let it go and say, fuck it, I'll take this fight, but if I win, I get fucking pay-per-view, if he wins, fuck it, he's a better man. He beat me. The but th- that's the, that's a great result resolution right there. The problem is, is we can't we can't start all of a sudden tip, draw a line in the sand that this is where we're gonna fucking take the stand on who deserves title shots and who doesn't because right. GSP doesn't deserve a fuck didn't deserve a fucking title shot at one eighty five, but he was gonna get one. Right. And now he's gonna get one at one seventy instead. Yeah, um, I mean, Max Holloway's. Relatively healthy. Why don't you give TJ Dillashaw to, to Max Holloway? If TJ is willing to jump, uh, drop down a division, why doesn't he go up a division? He he had put out on 143. Let's get the weight cuts. Why don't, if you're 143, why don't you just put a couple more pounds and fight the bigger guy? Why not? I don't know. This is not about it that. Because it wasn't the fight no. that he offered to fucking step no, over. Because he wants to take the. I mean, TJ wants to take the easier route, and he wants to go in there on fight night and be the bigger guy and have an easier chance of getting the win. Do you, That's what he's do you think, though, that dropping down to 125 pounds is really the easier route? That's if a, he, that's a he, tough he, cut either way, bro. Like, if he, if he, oh, no, I, I know it's, a, it's tough for, uh, definitely tough to make, but I mean, if he's I don't so think confident that's, that he can... But that's not the easier way. The easier route would be going up because you're not cutting weight. This, the, another thing that... Uh, Demetrius Johnson said, "Okay, I'll agree to this, but if you gotta you gotta put in pay on on con- in the contract that if <clears throat> if TJ Dillashaw misses weight, 
I get his entire purse. And they said, they said, no, we won't do that. No, that's, I mean, that's. Because he said, because at that point, if I fight him and he misses weight, it's not going to be for the title. I'm not going to get, I'm not going to get my record. I'm not going to get this. If I'm going to do, he's, he's basically looking for, if I'm going to do this for you guys, you got to give me something in return. I'm with it. You can put the stipulation in there, but you can't, you're not going to get, you're never going to get the guy's whole purse. That's just not going to happen. That's just right. not going to happen. I guarantee that if the UFC signs up Demetrius Johnson, Ray Borg, and Johnson gets the win, and then they say Webber would defeat Jay now, I guarantee he would do it. Once he gets number 11, yep. Guaranteed. he'll do whatever the UFC wants to do. And the UFC, I think they should realize it, that now you can put this guy as the longest reigning UFC champion going up going up against uh, the former uh, undisputed bantamweight, cha- uh, yeah, bantamweight champion. The problem. That's the problem is, though, is by the time that, if they did that, TJ's going to be fighting Cody. The only reason this fight is potentially taking place is because Cody can't fight and won't be ready to fight by August when they were trying to do the fight. That's, that's where it happens. It's, it's not a situation where TJ's going to sit around and wait for, for Demetrius. He's got a title shot as soon as Cody gets his, his back straightened out. So sitting heard- having him fight Ray Borg... It doesn't and then say okay well TJ you can fight the winner of that doesn't make any sense. See, and I heard that they had done um, there was they were talking about putting Ray Borg and someone else going you know on, as the co-main have on DJ TJ and yes. then if he wait it was going to be well we'll just throw you Ray yes. Borg instead. If, yeah, and, if they and, can if they can but, get but the deal no, done. No, but, but that was yeah. that was next. Like then he has to be prepared. He has to be training to fight two different guys. Exactly. Different yep. And the day of the weigh-in, he's going to find out who he's fighting. Like that's yep. like everything that they're offering to do. Just like it's, it's just a slap in the face. To, yeah. Demetrius to said. In the world right now. Yeah, Demetrius said that that was that was amateur. Not knowing who you're going to fight ahead of time, you basically had, you know you got to train for this guy and that guy, not knowing who you're going to fight till the day of is, is completely amateur and, and no other fighter has to do that no other champion fighter has to do that they know ahead of time who they're going to fight and they train for that person he'd have to train for two it doesn't make any sense and it doesn't it doesn't make it doesn't. any sense but you know <clears throat> and, he, and he's not overly wrong also with the marketing no the he's UFC, not the UFC, like the ufc might be right and say oh you should do this and this and this and that's fine if he does it but when you're spending you know what was it like a million dollars on the commercial for Jose Aldo and Conor McGregor, and then you're spending ten thousand on Demetrius Johnson. I know it's bad. People aren't going to know who he is. Like you got to spend that money on these guys in order to like. You can't just pick and choose guys that you're going to promote and then say, "Well, this guy's not marketable." Well, you're not marketing him. Market him and see what happens. When you, hey. Uh, uh, Look, I'll be the negative, Nancy. It's not like they haven't tried to market Demetrius Johnson. Demetrius Johnson has done a really good job of, especially lately, of fucking strapping a gigantic anchor to his own career. First he went out and did this whole thing where he shit all over fans, and now he's playing this hardball game of the UFC bullying him and blah, 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 blah. Dude, they, they tried to market you. People just don't give a shit. That's the problem. It sucks. He is one of the most exciting fighters, and he's come on a long way in the last you know, year or two with what he's been able to do with finishing people finally and not having such boring fights. But it, it doesn't 
they, they could put the million dollar marketing. It's still not going to help him sell pay-per-views. It's just not. People aren't interested in it. TJ gave him a shot at getting back onto a pay-per-view and, and being able to headline a pay-per-view because it's it's a, a quote-unquote super fight that you could put a lot of marketing behind. But it's definitely it's not for a lack of marketing. They need to try again. They, they started early, and they gave up on him after two. That's that's not enough, especially when you go into ten. He's at the point now, especially if they gave him if they got that record-breaking win over a Borg or a Sergio, whoever the fuck he got it over, even if it was TJ, I don't care. At that point, if you can't market the guy that's what that's t- defended the title more than anybody else in in your company's history, if you can't market that, if you can't find a way to market that to make it successful, bro, that's on you. That's on you. You got to be able to market that. You got to be able to sell that. The dude's got to be able to sell fights. Yeah, I, I mean, and on the Jordan podcast, when they were, when they were, yeah, Jordan had brought brought it up to him and said along those lines, like, "Are you going to start trying to be like Conor McGregor and talking?" He goes, "That's not my style. It's not my style to talk smack. I just go out there, do what I got to do, and that's it. Like, I don't want to." have to like just crap on people in order for people to like me he's gonna have to do some of that i mean it doesn't have to be that to that degree but he's gonna have to be he's got to be either likable or hateable you got to be one or the other you can't just be middle of the road vanilla you gotta inflict some sort of emotion for the for someone to be invested into you that's what pro wrestling's been built on for 100 years Mm -hmm. you gotta love them or you gotta hate them these guys, same thing. Connor's got to be loved or hated. Ronda's be loved or hated. John's loved or hated. Tito was loved or hated. Uh, Brock was loved. Or, you got to love him or you got to hate him. You can't be indifferent. So he's got to do some of that himself. You know, could the UFC do better marketing? Yes. Could he do better marketing himself? Absolutely. Absolutely. That's sure, like yeah. I said at the beginning. These guys got to come together. It's, it can't be one side just trying to do. Him just trying to market himself all together to them doing nothing, or them trying to throw the, the machine at him and him doing nothing. These two got to come together and do business. They got to do business together, or this is just going to be a fucking ridiculous argument between two millionaires that get nothing done for anybody. If they don't come together, it's just going to fail. It's going to suck, and fights are going to happen that no, that neither of these guys want. And they may, he, he told them to fucking throw the division. He got so... Demetrius got so whiny about this. He told him to throw the division away. No, Dana said, "We'll just fucking scrap the division." That's and and Demetrius yeah, that's, says, "That's, that's what he's ball, selling, selling to people." And, and Demetrius says, "Fine, fucking take it then." And, you know, so uh, uh, Demetrius says, "You didn't want to fight." Dana says, "Fuck you! I make the fights." You know, it's just they, they don't come together. Come to fucking together. You guys are in the business of making money together. Dana can't make money without the fighters. The fighters can't make money without Dana. You've got to come together to make the fucking money. Isn't that the whole point of this thing is to make a lot of money? Mm-hmm. Come together and you can make more. Stay apart and fight each other behind the scenes. You're going to make less. And good on the UFC, though, for not taking, like when, when Garbrandt was out, switching things up and doing TJ versus anybody for an interim title. And like they would have like they would have done, it seems like, in any other case... And then just sliding them back into the into fate Scarbrent later on. At least they did kind of try and find another route to go down this time. Well, hopefully they figure it out. I'd love to see TJ and DJ. 
I think it'd be a lot of fun. I do too. I want that fight. I think it would be fun. And I think it's a legitimate threat to Demetrius' streak. And he, he doesn't want it. He wants to get that streak first. I, okay, I can respect that. But, dude, you, you, you were just bitching in your last fight after you won against Wilson Hayes about how you want that money. Here's your chance to get that money this and get paid. This is the most money that you're going to get in Be- a long time. Because you couldn't even sell a fucking Fox card. It, that that card was did terrible numbers. Terrible numbers on Fox. Terrible numbers. And he wants to fight guys that he knows he's going to beat. Ray Borg is not going to sell shit. I'm sorry, but nobody gives a... F- I love Ray Borg. Ray Borg is a great I fighter. I love Ray Borg. He's a great fighter. I love great. Sergio. Yeah, I like Sergio too. I love Henry Cejudo. But they're not selling you pay-per-views, bro. TJ Dillashaw is that money fight. You want that money? You want that legacy for your kids? How about fighting a guy that you don't know if you're going to beat or not? Yeah. Because you know you're going to beat these guys. You're beating all of them. You continue to beat all of them. You got this division. You right, won. Right, yeah. You won. And Fight a guy you don't know. You don't know if you're going to beat TJ, dude. He's, he fucking hit you harder than the, anyone these guys do. The, the chips are stacked in his favor. It's not like it's fucking... He's, it's not like they're telling him he's got to go up to 35 to fight TJ. TJ's coming down to you. He's in your house. He's coming to your house. Never you may be sick as fuck going exactly. to 25. Never made the cut to 25 before. Who knows what's going to happen to him? Take the fucking that may fight. Fuck it, that may kill him to go to 25, and he may be dead on his ass fucking take, fight night. Take the take fucking it. fight. Take a risk. Take a chance. Columbus did. That's right. <laughs> I think that's going uh, to close it out. Let's, <laughs> let's get into final thoughts. Uh, Ryan, you can kick things off this week. Uh, yeah. Um, not too much, really. I just enjoy your family. Enjoy your friends. Life's short. Go out there. Have fun. All right. All right. Quick and easy. Um, for me, you know, sometimes when it comes to things like a Hall of Fame, sometimes companies get it right. Sometimes companies Fuck get it yes. wrong. When the UFC puts in guys like like Uriah Faber, sometimes people love it. Sometimes people hate it. This past weekend, we learned that because uh, Kazuchi Sakuraba, the Gracie Hunter, was inducted in the Hall of Fame. I can't think of a guy that was more deserving and more honored to be inside of that UFC Hall of Fame. Sakuraba is the pride of pride, the Gracie Hunter, the man of men who fought guys 50 pounds heavier than him for a living. He could have been the greatest fighter that ever came out of there if, if he wasn't at all. I mean, he was he was that, he was a man's man, and he was... So good and so deserving. Sakuraba, you are in this. You are the man. Final thought. Well said. I was super stoked when they made that announcement. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Could not think of anybody more deserving to get in there. Uh, my final thoughts, I just want to send a, a, a shout-out of congratulations to my niece, Madison Rose, for graduating high school last Sunday. And tomorrow we celebrate her open house. So Outstanding. Yeah, my little baby girl graduated high school with honors and uh, congratulations. Be starting college in the fall to get ready to become a podiatrist. Or no, pathologist. Oh. Pathologist. She's going in to be a pathologist. So fantastic. Go make your uncle. Right some, go make your uncle some money and buy me a house. There you go. There you go. <laughs> buy us a new podcast office. That's right. So this will uh, that'll wrap it up for episode sixty-seven. I uh, will be back next week to break down fight night from New Zealand and preview uh, I believe it's fight night from Seoul which will be a daytime card so 
For Ryan Dempsey and David Van Boglen, I'm Jeff Shanahan, and we will see you guys next week on another episode of the Average Joe's MMA Show. Divide.